Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, December 18th, 2023. We are one week away from Jesus's birthday. Jesus, if you're from a different part of the world, Jesus's birthday, Jesus, the J-star, the son of God, the boss's son, the trippy hippie, the shirtless wonder, the fucking long-haired miracle, right? The fatherless child, the little bastard. His fucking dad's literally invisible. It's his birthday. Happy birthday to Jesus. What do you say there? Hey, Seuss. What the fuck are you waiting for? I don't think you're going to come back. We didn't treat you nice the first time. Ah. That's probably what's happening. Cause going. You got to go down there and hear, I ain't fucking going back down there. Look, it was a long time ago. Things have progressed. Have they? All right. <clears throat> you know, Dad, I mean, you fucking made him. Why don't you go down there and deal with it? That's kind of fucked up, though, that he sent his son down to deal with us when it was his mistake. Is that where that whole thing came about where uh, the son pays for the sins of the father? Is that what it was? I have no idea. Um, I was actually a religious historian. Um. In a call, I can't even. You guys wouldn't believe that for half a second. No, I wasn't. I was not. Oh my God! Can you imagine having to write a paper on on fucking Gandhi or whatever whatever religious person is he religious? He was a dude, right? He was a guy, and he kind of looked like Ben Kingsley. Um, and Ben Kingsley played him, and he won an Oscar. Gandhi was Gandhi, and he got killed. You know, and I think that that's what's wrong. You know, Steve Jobs compared himself to Gandhi or whatever the hell it is he feels his company was doing. And then he did that and then he died. Curse of Gandhi, I I think, is that a real thing? Um, Anyway, and then there's also Christmas shopping. Did you do all your Christmas shopping? You fucking kids. You lazy-ass Christmas shopping. You just go on the internet and give me one of these and this size. What color? Ooh, let's just scroll through. Is this fucking model walk, you know, one picture wears 48 different fucking colored shirts and only gets paid once. (laughs) And then you're all done with your shopping. Let me press the gift wrap button. I still go to the stores and uh, I got all this shit, you know, I bought all the stuff that I need to get, and then I, I got it all. Uh, I got it all wrapped up. I already gift wrapped the whole thing. I just this week I was like, I'm wrapping five gifts a day, and I'm just gonna knock this thing out. I'm not gonna sit down all at once. I'm not fucking doing that. You know, wrapping starts off. You you, you handle it with care. However that thing goes. I'm sure that Saint Nick soon will be there, right? And by like the third package, you're just like, fuck this, right? And you just, you know, wadding it up. Remember my dad was the worst. My mother was the best at wrapping gifts. You could always tell the ones that my dad did, you know, especially if it was like a shirt. He would just fucking roll it up like a newspaper with the, with the, the, (laughs) look like a giant crumpled up piece of uh, uh, gift wrap. And then he just throw a giant piece of tape over it. Um, yeah, that was not his forte. Um, anyway, so I hope you guys got all all your Christmas shopping done. I hope you're going to have a nice one, you know, a nice Hanukkah, a nice Kwanzaa, a nice J-Star fucking Santa Claus thing or whatever it is. You know, and hopefully people will be nice to one another. Maybe in 2024, you know. You can stop hating somebody for dumb fucking reasons. You can maybe shut off your fucking TV. And not, or, you know, I swear to God, if the next president would just shut down CNN and Fox News and eliminate the ability for people to make comments on the Internet, like the level of peace that he would bring to this country. And I am saying he because we all know at this point it's a man's job. All right. If it's a woman's job, how come you haven't gotten it yet? 
You know, you ever think about that? Let me guess, that's our fault, right? Ladies, do you ever take responsibility for your own actions? You know, I don't think you want the job. I really don't because it's been my experience that if a woman wants something, she gets it. All right? Now, that fucking job has been available since fucking Ben Franklin was walking around goose and chicks and hoop skirts. And you have yet to get that job. Um, who's run? I'm trying to even think of women that have even run for it. Hillary famously did not win the Democratic nominee. And the Democrats famously gave it to her anyways. Typical fucking broad move. She didn't earn it. Oh, give it to her anyway. <laughs> and then what happened? And then fucking uh, Joe Biden, the second woman to run for president. He didn't win it. Right? Oh, Bernie. Bernie Sanders got the fucking Buffalo Sabres 1999 in the crease treatment. Fucking twice. Happened twice. You know, I was thinking about the Buffalo Bills and they're losing four Super Bowls in a row. The only one you can really break their balls about when you think about it is, is the, the Redskins loss. All right, if you look at the, the fucking New York Giants in 1990, they had like three Hall of Famers on their defense. They had Lawrence Taylor, the greatest linebacker of all time, arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. All right. They had, who else they have? They had Harry Carson, Leonard Marshall, Chip Banks. And guess who, guess who was coming up with the defensive scheme? Bill Belichick. All right. You're not winning that one. So, I, you know, who gives a fuck? They missed a field goal. Get, get the fuck out of here. It was amazing that they were even in that goddamn game, right? And then they went up against the Dallas Cowboys two years in a row. The Dallas Cowboys, the product of the worst fucking trade in NFL history, the Herschel Walker trade. They got like 10 players, and for some reason in the contract, it said if Jimmy Johnson cut any of the any players that he cut, he got, he got the Vikings' number one picks. So they signed the deal, and he immediately cut all 10 of them. And then they got all those picks, and then he just fucking scored with so many of them. They, I mean, half of that fucking team is in the Hall of Fame. So the only one I'll give them is they lost to Joe Gibbs and the Redskins with Mark Rippian. And the genius of Joe Gibbs is that he won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, Right? Joe Theismann, um, Doug Williams, and then Mark Rippian. You know, that's the only one I give him grief on. But the other ones, I mean, who the fuck, when, who, who the fuck was not going to lose? I mean, the only people who beat the Giants, the Patriots, who beat Bill Belichick are the Giants, right? And he was on the Giants. I mean, that was just fucking, it was open and shut, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know Philly fans are probably upset that they're not getting their nod. I always forget that we lost to the Eagles. You know why? Because we won one the year before it and the year after it. And it's just like, and plus that was the goofiest Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. Like there wasn't a punt until the fucking fourth quarter. So I don't know what that was. I hated that game. Um, I hated that game as much as I hated that Kansas City Chiefs-Buffalo Bills game where there was just no fucking defense. The final score was like 78-77. Um Anyway, speaking of football, speaking of football, you know, this, this, this is something that, that I, uh, you know, I'm not the smartest guy. Well, gee, Bill, we never would have noticed with the first half of this fucking podcast, the first 10% of it, I should say. Um, you know, the Michigan Wolverines, they get suspended for stealing fucking signs, which I get it in baseball. Not as a base runner. I get why the Astros were in trouble because, you know, there's like five signals in baseball. One's a fastball, two's the slide. Once you figure that out, you know what the fuck's coming. And you add, you know, the fact that they, they, had, they were wearing wires. They had a fucking camera. They're banging on trash cans. They gave the opposing pitcher a roofie. Whatever the fuck they were doing. I mean, they did everything. I get why they got in trouble. Well, I mean, they weren't really cheating. I, I believe it was, it's now labeled as the championship was complicated. You know, the NFL, I mean, the NCAA in football, they're doing so much to disguise 
the signals that yeah, how the fuck would you know you know what's what's going on? You're lucky if you get one or two of them right in the second half. Okay, but that's considered cheating. So they fucking punish the uh, the Michigan Wolverines. And then meanwhile, this week, the Michigan Wolverines are going up against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And guess what Nick Saban did? Guess what he did? He hired Michigan. Michigan parted ways with a coach, a linebacker's coach by the name of George Hilo, or as Kenny Fetter would say, hello. They hired one of their fucking ex-coaches, and for some reason, who coached with them in 2021 and 2022, and for some reason, that isn't illegal. That's totally fine. Stealing signs, trying to figure out what is that slice of pie next to, to the fawns? What does that mean? Trying to figure that shit out. That's cheating, but you can hire one of their former coaches and just sit down with them and be like, all right, so what's their playbook? When they show us this look, what does that mean? That's not a, like, let me ask you guys a question. What would you rather be doing? Would you rather be have your team on the fucking sidelines trying to steal signs? Or would you rather hire the other team, one of their fucking ex-coaches that as of the beginning of this year was still working or the last season was working with the fucking team? Oh, the hypocrisy. I don't know. For some reason, for that, that, that's okay. Nick Saban in Alabama, they're not cheating. But, oh, those Michigan Wolverines, Jesus Christ. What are, they, what are they doing to the integrity of the game? Um, so, obviously, Michigan knows it. So, then what they can do use to their advantage is they can just show these looks and do something completely different. And then you're going to see Nick looking over at George going, what the fuck, George? I thought you said that they were gonna, they were gonna do, you know, whatever the fuck they talk about there. Um, it's so stupid. Just always know that whenever, whenever in football, if you if you get busted for that shit, that means you pissed off somebody at the, one of the higher ups. And who's kidding? Who? You know, Jim Harbaugh said something fucked up to somebody, shook somebody's hand, you know, squeezed it too tightly, slapped somebody on the back. He, you know, and they had a fucking readjust their glasses on their own nose. You know, he did something like that. That's what I'm guessing. Because I don't, I don't get how, you know, that's not... There should be like a time. Like, all right, you know, you want to hire somebody else's former fucking coach, you, you know. Here's another thing, too. It's not like they hired him because they liked him and they thought he was a great fucking coach. They hired him because he coached Michigan and now they're playing Michigan in the playoffs. Playoffs. That's why he's hiring him. He's hiring the guy so they can know what Michigan's doing. So he can basically be in their fucking locker room, which you're not allowed to do. That's cheating. But you can hire one of their fucking coaches just for the sole purpose of doing that. You know what I mean? They're going to stick that guy in a fucking Airbnb in Alabama. And the second that game's over, they're going to give him some fucking, you know, Saw's barbecue with the mayonnaise base and tell him to hit the fucking bricks. Um, but that's totally legit. Not a problem. Um, oh, what I, I got to tell you something, man. I, I went to the Kia. Kia. The Kia Forum. Home of the great Showtime Lakers in the 80s. And what a gorgeous, iconic fucking building that is. Versus... The fucking uh, Bitcoin uh, fucking collapse of society fucking staple center thing that the Lakers play in. I mean, those fucking arches. That place still to this day has an amazing vibe. So I went there Saturday night to go see Queens of the Stone Age. And, you know, I'm tired. The kids are wiped, you know, I'm wiped out and that type of shit. And... But it's Queens of the Stone Age. I got to go. And I got to tell you, I'm so fucking happy I went. It's one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And I've seen Queens of the Stone Age at this point, I think, five times. They, they, they have never been better. They've never been better. Nia? Is that you? No? Hey, let me, uh, let me finish my podcast. I'll be out in a minute, okay? Okay. All right. I'll be out in a minute. Um... Anyway, <laughs> that's what happens when I do the podcast in the house. 
So I was like totally wiped out, and I went down there to go see him. It was fucking unbelievable. They sounded better than the fucking recordings. Um, I don't even know where to begin. How about we begin at the beginning? They started off, right? They come out, they, they play all this like old school fucking music and shit. And then the lights go out. Everyone goes nuts. You see the shadows going on the fucking stage. Oh my God, here they come. And then they just open. Whole fucking place. Jumping up and down. Going fucking crazy. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. That was the end of their tour. I, I hope you guys had a chance to catch them. John Theodore on drums. You know I'm a fucking drum nerd. That guy was on a whole other fucking level. And I, like I said, I've seen that guy like four different times. That's my fifth time seeing him. I've never heard him sound better. I never heard his drums sound better. Josh was killing it uh, on guitar and singing. He sounded better than the fucking record. Like, I don't know how you do that. Um... Their bass player, Mike's out there and a fucking wife beater. Dude, they came like, it wasn't like the end of the tour dragging ass. They came out to chop everybody's fucking heads off and they did it. The other guys, Troy on guitar and Dean on keyboards. It was fucking amazing. And this is how good they were. I'm 55. I'm bald and I'm tired. And I fucking stood up for the whole show. Other than they had one little thing. They had one little where they played some slow stuff. And they let the older folks sit down. And I knew what they were doing. They were recharging to just fucking destroy. And then they, they you know, concert felt like it was like literally 11 minutes long. I was like, why? How, how can this be over? How can this be over this fucking fast? It was like, you know, it was so fucking awesome. It like flew by. And then they came out. They did three songs. Uh, for the encore, and uh, they played two, and Josh was talking to the crowd, and uh, then John Theodore's hi hat was going. I heard the keyboard start, and I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna play songs for the deaf and they're fucking. Fucking mosh pit breaks out. And then they just fucking unloaded and f ended with that at like peak fucking emotions and just set their, their shit down, all the feedback, walked off stage, epileptic seizure, light show, and then pff, it was just over. It was all dark. And you were just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it was fucking awesome. So thank you to them. For ending my year, it, it, like one of the coolest things I've ever been to. I went with uh, I went with Dean Del Rey, and uh, we were fucking just losing our minds. It was it was it was it was just that I, I don't know. I looked at him right after, right after. Immediately, just looked right at him, and I was like, dude, that is like. Is, is that like one of the best ones you've ever been been to? We also went with Billy Rowe, right? He was saying the same thing. I was like, that's the best they've ever sounded. He goes, absolutely. High watermark. Fucking amazing. Amazing goddamn show. And then it was just over. And then you just walk out into the night, into the cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? It was amazing. Fucking amazing. So, um... You know, I don't know. I'm just, you know, that's one of the ones. If they're coming to town, you got to go see them. Incredible goddamn show. So uh, I did that this weekend. What else did I? Oh, you know something? I, uh, well, I'll wait to tell, talk about this other thing. I, I actually had a daddy-daughter day today, you know. Barely watched any football. And I'm kind of thinking, like, I'm, I'm kind of going to start letting go of sports. It's just like my kids are young once. Like, fuck this shit. I'm going to go miniature golfing. I'm not going to fucking sit here and see how my, my goddamn bets are doing, right? I mean, I'm still, you know, betting on football. You know, what? You know, got to have something, right? So I, uh, we went uh, miniature golfing. And uh, we had a great time. I actually played really good. It's my second time playing the course, you know? I was getting a lot of pars. 
And I was kind of like trying to like not go past the hole. And uh, I, I beat my six-year-old daughter. So I was, I was pretty, pretty proud of myself. I didn't hold back. I just went out and pl I played. You know, I beat her like by 20 strokes. And, you know, it's the only way she's going to learn. It's old school parenting. Um, no, we had a good time. And then I went over to the batting cages afterward, right? And uh, I had my daughter film me. And I have not tried to... I haven't gone to batting cages and I don't, I don't even know when. I think the last time I was in my 20s. I hadn't been in there in like fucking 30 years. So I get slow pitch softball. First one comes in, swing and a miss. Second one, swing and a miss. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And then I made contact on every other one of them. But I just kept hitting grounders, right? And I finally got one that looked like it would be like a fly out to left field. Then I had one nice one that would have been over, you know, a shortstop, a white shortstop, let's be honest, that jumps like me, right? Um, Latino dude probably would have got it. Um, everything else was just fucking, you know, it was all all to fucking short third and pitcher's mound. But I still, I, you know, still was like, you know, 55, I'm not bad. But I mean, I was up there, I was wiggling the bat and shit, you know? I'm thinking I'm fucking up there looking a little like, you know, Gary Sheffield. You know, I'm staying relaxed, little Ken Griffey Jr., effortless swing. My daughter filmed me. I went back and looked at the footage. If there was a possible way to burn cell phone video footage, I would do it. I, I can't even believe what I look like. I had the fucking bat like down near my waist. I, you know, I wasn't even holding it up. It was beyond old timers game. I, was, I looked at that shit and I was like, oh my God, I am 55. Like my body didn't even look like it was communicating with itself. You know, looked like my brain, like, like someone like just bought me and I was like remote control and they were still trying to figure out like how to work the mechanics of it. It was a shit show. So of course I go home and I'm going on YouTube and I'm trying to look up videos on how to improve your goddamn swing. Like, so the next time I go there in 30 years in my fucking mid eighties, I don't embarrass myself. It was still a good time. Um, until I looked at the footage, like I came out of it, I was like ear to ear grin, had on a batting helmet. I felt like a kid again, but holy shit. Thank God my wife didn't see that. I mean, that's, it was like grounds for divorce. You know what I mean? That, like, like watching me in a batting cage, if my wife came up to me and literally said to me, I am no longer attracted to you physically, I would be like, hey, you know, attracts. I mean, I get it. So what do, how are we going to work this out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of my wife, I learned something today about women, I think, for any of the late, for the five ladies that listen to this fucking podcast. So I talk about fucking football and NCAA football and batting cages. You need to, you need to up your female demographic. Um, this is what I noticed today. Nia had on her big clothes. You know, I go look at, I, I, you know, I don't know. And it was just like, you know, I was trying like, you know, you know, get something going today. And she just wasn't having it. And then it finally dawned, wait a minute, she's, she's got on her big clothes. You know? So I finally looked at her. I said, I, see, I, I, I get it. I get it. Because I asked her, I said, come on over. Come on over. You know, snuggle with me. I'm watching TV. Come on over. She's like, no, nah, I got to kind of. I just finally took her in. I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. And she goes, what? I go, you, you got on your big clothes. She goes, what? <laughs> she goes, you making fun of what I'm wearing? I go, no, you got, you got on your big clothes. You know, you got the oversized T-shirt on. You got your big fucking sweatpants. You got, you got on your big clothes. Big fucking slippers. I get it. I get it. You, you, you want to be left alone today. And she goes, what are you talking about? I go, you, you, you know, you're neat, you're neat big clothes. And she just starts laughing. She could stop calling me that. But I know it was she's so silly. I knew if I just call him a big clothes, she'd keep laughing. I go, you got on, you got on your big clothes. Like, I, I think I figured something out. As much as she was laughing and I was joking around and shit, I, th I think that when it's the weekend, if your girlfriend or wife has on their big clothes, that just kind of means it's like, listen, I am not a sexual entity whatsoever. I am here. I am chilling. Okay. I, I, I don't even really want you to talk to me right now, all right? I got on my big clothes. <laughs> I 
I think consciously they're thinking, I want to be comfortable. But subconsciously, they, they have on the antithesis of getting into the club for free, getting a free drink, attracting attention. They just like, they got on their big clothes. So I'm just going to let you guys, anybody out there? In a relationship, right? When when your wife or your girlfriend has on her big clothes, just 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 let her be, let her be, and you know, and that could actually work for you later on, because you know them. I mean, they they put so much worth on how they look, and they'll blame fucking advertising and men. Fuck that. That's the like how hot you look for a woman is like a guy back in the day. What can you bench? You know what I mean? Like, how much shit can you pick up? How much can you kick the shit out? It was all about being strong. And women, it was all about being pretty. It always has been. And there's nothing to it. It always will be. All right? You know what's funny is is the no makeup trend, right? But they, they always try to get that thing going and just not enough women get on board. They just say, no, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not going to walk around and look how I really look. It's just, it's just not happening. Okay? I like getting gift bags. All right? I'm getting a bra that's pushing the girls up. I'm putting on my fucking face. I'm getting my hair done. I want to, you know, I, I want the free shit to continue. I don't know. I know part of that is because of us, but like I think that they they you know they're blaming us way too much for that. There's there's a there's a whole other thing going on there that I'm not even going to try to figure out because I'm a guy. But I will tell you this: when your wife or girlfriend has on her big clothes, it's just like all right, that's it. I see it. I see what's going on here. You know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I I received that. Is that what you're supposed to say now? I hear what you're saying with your clothes. And I will fuck off. I will stay on my side of the couch. I'll leave the fucking room. You know? She was one more big article of clothing away from me just getting up and just maybe just going for a drive. It's just like she really needs to be alone. All right? So keep an eye out for that. The big clothes. The big clothes. There's a lot of things that are being said, you know? Don't even let it be. No, no. The 90s style is coming back. By the way, everybody's like loving the 90s. Like it was the worst fucking decade ever for fashion. All of those oversized fucking clothes. Everybody looked was walking around looking like they just dropped 80 pounds, you know, and they had a bunch of loose skin under their shirt. It was fucking horrible. The chicks walking around with those big, stupid, boxy jeans. They had on their big clothes. They're in their big clothes, and they grew out their bushes, and that's what really happened in the 90s, and nobody wants to talk about it. It's a big cover-up, you know? And that's why Henry Kissinger finally died, because they were trying to distract from that story. It's fucking, that's all true. You can look it up. Um, anyway, uh, I've still been working out. I've been doing good. I've been staying away from the goddamn sweets. And... Uh, I flew a couple times this week. I finally got, you know, been pitching the idea for the next movie. Pitches have been going great. Some people are interested. We'll see what the fuck happens. I think I got another great idea for a movie. We'll see. We'll see. And uh, so the other day, I had to, you know, I had to bring my uh, my little two-seater out to get, you know, every 50 hours. They change the oil. They go over the whole fucking thing, make sure everything's right. So I had to go fly it. And... Uh, drop it off somewhere, man, and, and it was just like, it was a fucking gorgeous, gorgeous goddamn day, just a beautiful day, like this time of year, once the Santa Ana winds fucking die down, and I don't know what, I don't know why, but the skies are ridiculously clear, I always say this is the time of year when people go up in helicopters and they take pictures of downtown LA for the postcards, you know, for the tourism, does anybody buy postcards anymore, at least back in the day? And you see downtown L.A. and behind it is like snow-capped mountains. And I would always see pictures of that. And I would just be like, when the, is that like, was that taken from the stealth bomber where you can see like fucking from downtown L.A. to like Utah? Like what, what are those snow-capped mountains? That Mount Baldy. Um, it's this time of year. So I did one of my favorite transitions of any airspace is the uh, the Sepulveda Boulevard over LAX, 2,500 feet. 
and you just get to see, you know, what a fucking Bravo airspace airport looks like for real pilots, commercial airline pilots, not jerk offs like me. And uh, it's amazing at 2,500 feet, you know, looking down. It's funny, it's like the airport itself where all the people are, you can't believe how small it looks. It's like, how the fuck are all those people in that little ass thing compared to like the runways and all of this shit where the jets are? Like the airport where all the people go looks like it takes up 10% of the land. It's really incredible. But it's funny, you go over that southbound transition, then you immediately have to get on with Hawthorne Airport, and then you get on with Torrance, and then you can fly down and go around the Palos Verdes Peninsula, and you come out the other side, you're down near Long Beach, you fly over the Queen Mary, you get back on with Torrance, you fly over the Queen Mary, you make your radio call to Long Beach. It's just fucking, it's so cool. So goddamn cool. Um, anyway, so I kind of have a little bit of time off right now. So uh, I'm going to be doing that. Just fucking zipping around in this beautiful goddamn weather. All right. I think I, I covered everything I wanted to talk about. Um, all right. Let's do some advertising reads here for the week. Um, oh, by the way, what the fuck happened to the Cowboys this week? They didn't even show up. Goddamn Buffalo Bills did. Good for them. And look at the Buffalo Bills. Everybody writing them off, including me. These motherfuckers could win the goddamn division. Now, Nick Kroll with the, with, the, with the Miami Dolphins down there, he needs to win, I guess, one more fucking game in the next two weeks. But the next two weeks, the Bills ain't playing shit, and the Dolphins have the Eagles and somebody else. Somebody else tough. And fucking uh, the Bills have, like, the Chargers who, Jesus Christ, they quit on their coach Thursday night. They just fucking quit. I know uh, Herbert's out or whatever, and but the, you know, what a way to fucking send your coach out, man. They didn't even show up for that fucking Raiders game. And I thought the Cowboys, I don't know what happened today. Is that all you have to do is just sort of smash them in the mouth and then they get all like, well, I thought, you know, I knew we were playing tackle. I didn't think it was like tackle, tackle. Like they kind of got, uh, they kind of look like little boys up there in Buffalo. Here's something I didn't know. There's another Josh Allen in the league, and he plays for the Jaguars. How come I only know, this is, this is like, you know, during cancel culture. Why do we only know about the white Josh Allen? <laughs> the other one plays on, uh, not white Josh Allen, plays on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I got the fucking Ravens, and this guy is a goddamn problem. I learned about him. Collinsworth's going. If he's going, the Jags are going. If he's not going, they have a bad game. Well, guess what? He was going when I... Just one of those weird games. I watched a couple of when I came home after the, the miniature golf and embarrassing myself, humiliating myself in the batting cages. Um, I still got the bat around, though. I'll tell you this, man. You come into my fucking house and I got a bat, you know? I, I, I got a fucking 30% chance of hitting your melon. You know, Although that was coming right down the pike. But if you saw me coming, you put some action, it starts becoming like a fucking Tim Wakefield, you know, knuckleball, rest his soul. Then, I, then, I, then I'm going to have a problem. That's how slow, my bat speed was never impressive, right? That's what she said. Um, but my, uh, I stand by that's what she said. I fucking love those jokes. I think they're funny. And if people don't find them funny, it annoys them. And then there's a whole other level, another, never, another level of comedy. I'd have to swing center mass. You know, like when, when you go to shoot, you know what I mean? All these fucking jerk-offs, they go down to the gun range. They're always pointing at the fuck. They're trying to blow somebody's brains out, you know, which they do on a cardboard cutout. But you, you're not hitting the fucking head. You're not hitting the fucking head when it's showtime, all right? You're, you're going you're gonna to get somebody in the ribs. <laughs> you're going to get the pancreas. You know what I mean? You, you might hit them in the solar plexus, but you are not hitting somebody in the fucking head unless they're just right there. And you're going, hold still. Hold still. You know what I mean? Hold still. Do you remember do you, anybody old like me? Do you remember hearing that when you were a kid? Hold still. Do you remember what that meant? That meant uh, I am not trained medically, but we don't have the money to go to the hospital, so we're going to fucking do this at home. Hold still. I said, hold still. It hurts. 
<laughs> that in my house, that was anything from getting a tooth pulled to fucking getting stitches. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, my dad used to stitch us up right at the fucking house. We were always getting stitches, and he got sick of going. You know, he was a dentist back in the day, and uh, he would just stitch you up like a fucking hockey game. <laughs> and he'd make, you know, one of your siblings would be the assistant, and that's just basically how it went down. It's very convenient. Um, all right, let's do the... Uh, Let's do some reads here for the week. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. Zip Recruiter, everybody. Talk about that one person on your holiday list who's really hard to find the perfect gift for. You know what? My manager. My manager's really difficult, you know? He's a beautiful human being. And uh, I think he kind of has everything that he wants. So I'm trying to think of what to get the guy. And I, I, don't, I don't know what to get him. You know, box of cigars is usually a good thing. But like, I don't know. You got to watch out. You know, you never know how somebody's like spouses with having like cigars in the fucking house or whatever. Um, anyway, what does this have to do with hiring somebody at work? I, I, I don't understand this line of questioning. Anyway, this person says, right now, whoever wrote this, we're getting it to you. What? What? If you're a business owner, you need to, okay. But if you're a business owner, wait, talk about one person on your holiday list who's really hard to find the perfect gift for. Oh, then they, oh, some of the copy's not here. I don't know what the fuck this is. I'm just going to read it. But if you're a business owner and you want to grow your team, your perfect gift is simple. You want a smart hiring solution. So look no further than Zip. And right now, we're gifting it to you for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. How is Zip? It's the devil read. A gift to those who are hiring. Well, Zip uses smart matching technology to identify the most qualified people for a wide range of roles. All right? You're making the league minimum. You spike Owen. Zip Recruiter lets top candidates know when they're a great match for your job to encourage them to apply. And the bow on top Oh, they're using a, pre- a present reference here. The, and the bow on top, if you see a candidate who's a great match for your job, Zip makes it easy to send them a personal invite. So they're more likely to apply. So getting your hiring wrapped up. So get your hiring wrapped up quickly with Zip. Four to five employees who employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Why do I feel like I, I lost half of that? Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr, I believe is what that is. All right, look who it is, everybody. Oh, look who it is. It's all Indochino. You know, nothing feels quite like giving the perfect gift. Look, I mean, come on. I mean, that's a good feeling, but there's, there's better feelings, right? Taking a shit. Um, and no gift fits more perfectly than an Indochino suit. Uh, they're made to measure and totally customizable with endless options. Do you want tails? Do you want one tail? You want a mock turtleneck? Choose your own cut, fabric, lining, and more to create the suit of your dreams at a surprisingly affordable price. Give an Indochino gift card for that perfect fit. Uh, gift or use the code Burr at Indochino.com to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. I want to get one of these suits and go on tour with it. Because if I go out and go buy some high-end fucking suit, high-end clothes suck. You wear them like three times and like, oh, I don't feel right. And they're all pillowy or whatever the fucking, whatever that thing is. Where you got the little balls of fabric. You fold them up like twice and they just quit like the Dallas Cowboys today in Buffalo. Set up your measurement profile in less than 10 minutes. Measure yourself from the comfort of your own home or make an appointment at one of their showrooms. With new colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles, it's easy to create your next look. Choose the customizations you want 
I'm going to buy one of these things and just tell my wife I bought a Tom Ford suit, and I guarantee you she's not going to be able to tell. From buttons and vents to pockets and lapels. It sounded like one of those Christmas rhymes. Uh, select your styles, and they'll build it. Every suit is made to your exact measurements, and, every, and you can customize every detail. They also offer blazers, pants, skirts, outerwear, and more. Give a perfect gift with Indochino. Go to, go to Indochino.com and use the code BIRD to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code BIRD. All right, I guess that's it. I guess that's it for the reads. All right, now we're into the we're into the we're into the fucking money round here, and this is when, for some reason, you guys like to ask me advice or give me shit. I don't know what it is. It says, "Bill, good emails." The efforts for Frank email came from someone who didn't know it ended and heard on the throwback that you were that you were ending it. I included the email to throw the show back in. The ether before Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's start watching after some family again. All right. F is for Frank. This person right. Okay, for those of you, you know, new to my podcast, I did a uh, an animated show with the great Mike Price from The Simpsons, the co-creator. We did five seasons on Netflix. We were one of the first hits on Netflix in North America, right after um, House of Cards. <clears throat> we got there second, like that second guy that stepped on the moon. Um, and the show is over. I guess this person didn't realize it. This is like, well, remember those stories where there was like Japanese soldiers that for decades were still hiding on islands thinking the war was still going? I mean, the level of dedication. Um, you should look that up, man. That's fucking wild. That's a wild thing there. Okay, this person says, F is for Frank. Okay, this can't be true. My husband just told me that you announced on your podcast you're done. I'm so sad. You should really reconsider. What? When the fuck did I say I'm done? Uh, Email came from someone who didn't know it ended and heard on a throwback. Oh. Oh, they heard on one of the throwback Thursdays that I was ending it. Well, I didn't end it. Netflix ended it. Um... So, I'm, I'm well. I'm very flattered that you're sad. Um, I will say this: when Netflix decided to end it, we still had a lot more in the tank. Um, so it 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 never dipped, and I thought it ended on a high point. And I love the ending of the show and the little nod that we do to little Bill's future. Um, so check it out if you can. We had an all-star cast of uh, voiceover actors, um, a couple of whom went on to win, like, Oscars, you know, while we were doing the show. Like, we got them before they were Oscar winners. Um, like Sam Rockwell, uh, Laura Dern. I don't know. I'm going my fucking head. My head's going to fuck him. We had David Koechner, Debbie Derryberry, uh, Mo Collins. That was, that was so much fun. You know what's the most fun about doing that show? Um, was the table reads. And that was the worst thing with COVID is we couldn't have them anymore. Our fucking table reads were amazing. Um, and all the great writers, you know, David Richardson, rest his soul. Um, Mark Wilmore, rest his soul. And we just used to have so much fun and just watching the actors voiceover actors like cracking up trying to do their lines and stuff Haley Reinhardt oh my god um Justin Long I remember being in the booth with that guy him and Sam Rockwell if I got in the booth with those guys like I, I couldn't look at him because I was gonna start laughing we had Vince Vaughn come on one season and he's actually the reason why we sold the damn show because he would go he went in when I was pitching it around town and, you know, people barely knew who I was, and I was sitting there with this fucking A-list movie star. So uh, tip of the cap to him, too. Um, anyway, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And people, uh, yeah, why don't you go back and uh, check it out? Check, check it out, man. All right, better drum riff. 
Um, old Billy Ginger Balls. Which drum riff intro from Phil Rudd gets the red pubes on your cornhole to t- tingle more? Jesus, buddy, come out of the closet. Stop throwing all your gay stuff at me. I get it. You find me attractive. All right? I'm sure there's a red-headed gay guy. Oh, the red-headed gay! What sketch fucking show was that? Da-da-da-da-da. And the red-headed gay. The state. Um... Walk all over you intro or shoot to thrill intro? Oh, which one do I like better? Um, well, shoot to thrill, it's the breakdown towards the end. And that's just all of them and the magic of them and their ability to one at a time all come back in and each person as they come in just build more and more power and tension until they just Phil Rudd finally hits a fucking crash cymbal and the whole place goes nuts so I would say the better intro though is walk all over you um which interestingly enough I was trying to play to the other day and that is not an easy song it's not an easy song it's up tempo your fucking arm gets tired uh mine does anyways trying to play those eighth notes at that tempo and then all of a sudden it goes into like a halftime feel. Those those fills that he does in the beginning, the first one starts on the end of one. Get, get, bloom, get, bloom, bam, right? And then the second one, I think, starts on the end of four. Get, 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 bloom, get, get, bloom, bloom. Yeah. <coughs> Basically, um, any Phil Rudd thing, I will tell you... Um, What's really been giving me <coughs> the chills going back and listening to Phil Rudd as I always do. Um, I, I always learn something else, something that I heard wrong or I understand something that he's doing better. And uh, it's What's Next to the Moon on the Power Rage album. And, uh, you know, he's playing this this floor tom and rack tom groove during the verse for the first two verses, but on the uh, the third verse, when they come out and Bond's like, uh, long arm looking for a fingerprint, trying to find a mystery clue, and he's fucking on the hats then, and it's just boko bat, boko bat, boko bat, just the way he's driving it. It makes the fucking hair on my arm stand up. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. And that's what I love about... I love about all the drum parts of that song. Is like... When he's playing on the toms, it's like... It's totally driving the song. It's totally happening. And why did he go to the hi-hat there? And why is it so cool? And it just adds a whole other color to it or whatever the fuck you're sp- supposed to say musically. And it just, the song just soars in the end until they get, it's your love that I want. And then they just ride out on that. Um, yeah, I mean, give me a break, dude. You're going to fucking, you're going to bring up fucking Phil Rudd. I can talk about that forever. For fucking ever. I mean, Phil Rudd is the drummer of my favorite fucking band of all time. He plays my favorite instrument of all time, and the guy flies helicopters. You know? And he battles, you know, fucking alcohol and drugs and shit. And I, I, I just, I just, on, on all levels, I relate to that guy. Um, which, by the way, I had uh, a cup of coffee yesterday, and I had a cup of coffee today. And I got to tell you, I don't fucking like it anymore. I don't know what happened. I went to my favorite fucking place and I had it. I don't like it. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I think I, this is the one thing that I can, out of all the fucking addictions that I've had and that I've tried to get away from, this is the only one I've ever come back to. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not into this anymore. And I'm thinking like, oh, I just must have got a bad cup. I was so fucking into it. It's just, I don't know. I think I just OD'd. Like, you ever do that? Like, I remember when I was living in New York, you know, there was like the only chain fucking restaurants they had, like we had like McDonald's and just shit food like that, right? 
And then it was all like these mom and pop places. So you lived in your neighborhood. And these fucking restaurants, when you, when you ordered takeout, they would only deliver in a so many block radius. So after you lived in your neighborhood for a couple of years, you're like praying to God something new would open up, right? So I remember at one point, uh, Chipotle opened up. When it first opened up and everybody thought it was healthy and they didn't realize that it was run owned by McDonald's, right? I went down there like every fucking day for like, I think like six days in a row. And I got a burrito bowl with their fucking avocado, uh, guacamole shit, right? And I don't know what happened on that sixth day. I've never eaten there again. It's just like, I can't, I can't, like I look at the place and I just want to throw up every time I drive by. It's like, I can't fucking do it, right? Um, I think I did that with coffee. I just had it like every fucking day. And my body's like, all right, enough. Um, okay, so anyway, um, that was the old school way. They used to, they used to try to make, if you caught your kids smoking, you'd go out and you'd make them smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. Uh, and you get all sick and throw up. That was like the way to, to <laughs> you know? Jesus, good thing they didn't catch him doing coke. All right, you're going to fucking do this whole eight ball. Like some person, the first time they do coke has money for an eight ball. All right, I'm an idiot. All right, playing stupid with health and Southwest Airlines. Uh, by the way, if I see one more fucking idiot, you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That fucking thing. And then what was the other one? Oh, any animal video where an an, where a predator is killing prey. Somebody always has to write, I know this is difficult, but this is nature. <laughs> when the fuck did I see, did I say that I needed you to hold my hand through this fucking video? You're sitting at home in your fucking pajamas too. Stop acting like you're out in the wild wearing a loincloth and some fucking knife you made out of a fucking bamboo tree. All right. Playing stupid with health and Southwest Airlines. Oh, yeah. Southwest Airlines, said, I guess, said if you're fucking overweight, you don't have to pay for the seat next to you and you can board first. You know? There's no way they're having these chow hounds getting on before disabled people or the troops. There's no fucking active fucking. You're in the Marines. Stand down. Stand down, Sarge. All right. We got somebody over here that likes a fucking, uh, what are those, the, 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 a blizzard at Wendy's. I like my patties squared. I like my fucking shakes to sound like the weather. Um, hey, Bill, I'm one of those people who is enraged by fat fucks lecturing me about health over the last few years. Yeah, that was one I didn't take the bait on. It's just, I look at them, they are fucking addicts and they need to. They need to break the sugar salt thing and they need to read up on nutrition and they got to get control of their lives or they're going to fucking die. Um, I didn't get enraged by them because I've also battled with like uh, sugar addiction, which for me, I just fucking for me. Did I really just say that? I just fucking said I don't eat dessert. I like saying that, you know, too. I like saying that to another guy, too. Like I was at a Christmas party. Somebody's like, you gonna get into this cheesecake? And I just go, I don't eat dessert. You know what I mean? And I see that look in their face. They're like, is this guy like questioning my manhood here? And it's like, I absolutely am. You want to cure people of fucking, like all men of fucking eating sugar? Like, it's like if you, if you go into like the coffee shop and you order something sweet, you should be made, you have to eat it there in pub, public and you have to put on one of those old school party hats. You know, with the thin fucking rubber band and then it's a, like a little fucking triangle on top of your head and you should have to fucking sit there and eat it as everybody just looks at you, shaming you. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm one of those people who actually was enraged by fat fucks lecturing me about health over the last few years. I've spent my whole life not being an asshole when it comes to food. If you're unhealthy or unhappy with your life, I don't want to hear your views uh, on literally anything. I have no sympathy for fat people who haven't undergone any trauma. Uh, I have fat family members, so I know firsthand that most have no excuse. I hate waking up early to work out, but I do it three times a week. It's no easier for me than it is for anyone else. Amen to that. Fucking amen to that. 
Yeah, it is, and it fucking sucks um, until you get there and you get a couple of reps in, especially if you're doing upper body. You know what I mean? Then you start lying to yourself. I'm a fucking beast, right? And then you film yourself in a batting cage and you want to crawl under a rock. Um, uh, It's no easier for me than it is for anyone else. And when people act like it is, it's an excuse for their own laziness. 100%. 100%. I mean, you're explaining a lot of female behavior here. They get away. One of the reasons why there's so many fat fucking broads out there is not because... Look, you had a couple of kids, I'll give you a pass. But, like, the amount of them that are just out there, just fucking out there, like, they're getting ready to go to slaughter, it's because, like, no one can can call them fat anymore. You know what I mean? You got to say, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're plus side. It's like, no, man. What did you look like five years ago? Yeah, you fucking... Lay off the donuts, sweetheart. Jesus Christ. You're fucking shitting sugar. Uh, Southwest Airlines has decided to give an extra seat to fatties for free if they need it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't want to sit next to one right next to them. Right next to them. Uh, They dangle donuts and fast food in front of people's faces to get the job. But that's my thing, you know, for fatties, if they, if they get an extra fucking seat, that's another thing, too, like the message that they're sending. You get status for being fat. So if you actually start eating salad, you're like, I can't do this. Do it for your family. Well, I fly every weekend. I don't want to lose my extra seat. Uh, MSNBC tried to tie home workouts to far right white supremacy. That all tracks. I don't understand why you guys watch those fucking shows, those channels. I mean, MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News, you might as well be watching The Real Housewives. Uh, Here's a conspiracy theory for you. Anyone defending any of these things hates themselves. And anyone saying these things aren't a big deal are idiots, too. Uh, They're the same ones worried about rhetoric in every other area. But when kids are getting fatty liver disease at eight years old, we have to worry about how other people's feelings will be affected. Yeah, it does. It makes about as much sense as like getting, you know, suspended for stealing signs. But the other team can hire your fucking coach. You just fired eight months ago. It's fucking bullshit. Um, Yeah, no, that that somewhere like liberals scared the shit out of corporate lawyers with canceling and and um, they always get nervous when there's any sort of like uh, what's the fucking word discrimination any sort of just race I understand but the, the, the fact that like fat people are under the same fucking umbrella is uh, racial discrimination which by the way uh, another embarrassing moment in Massachusetts history I guess they have some sort of Asian mayor or something out there or whatever. And she had a Christmas party and it went out that it was whites. Oh, not no, no, not whites only. It was no white people allowed. She claimed it was a typo. And uh, whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened. Right. But all I know, watching like white people in Massachusetts or whatever are online complaining about that. Like, yeah, see when they do it. It's not considered fucking racist. It's like people, non-white people were not allowed to go after their dreams and and achieve their potential or feel fucking safe for 200 years. You can't go to one fucking Christmas party and you're, you're doing an equivalency thing there. It's just, it's the fucking, it's the worst. But it is how human beings are. It is all, and we don't give a fuck about anything until it affects us. And I mean everybody. I mean fucking everybody. I'm not just saying white people like that. Every, that is human fucking behavior. You know why that's fucked up? Because it affects me. Um, case of, that's why empathy is the, I feel, one of the hardest of human emotions. To get outside of your own fucking bullshit and actually give a fuck about something that's affecting somebody else that doesn't have any effect on your life. You know what I mean? As I'm fucking trashing fat people. Um, did I trash? I think I did. But they're not doing those people. Um, I don't know. I, I don't give have an extra seat. I don't give a fuck. They should have an extra seat. They're as big as two seats. They shouldn't just have one and spill into your seat. So I don't have a fucking problem with that. All right. But I would say, uh, you know, 
calling them healthy. You know, I don't know. Somebody actually said, wait a minute. Somebody sent me a text message today with a picture. Um, it was on the cover of Cosmopolitan. They had this Spanish actress on there. And she's definitely plus size. And Cosmo wrote, this is healthy. Okay. Um, so Spanish actress... It's Z.R. Zayar Castro, who fought against fat phobia, dies aged 46. And uh, look, man, she shouldn't like not be able to get a job. I understand all of that type of stuff and they shouldn't be shamed and all of that shit. I 100% get that. But like to tell them that they're healthy and that this is healthy, that's a very reckless fucking <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it'd be great if like alcoholics could piggyback behind that and you just got somebody face down in a bar at like two in the afternoon on a Wednesday and you just write, this is healthy. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't I use, I did a bit about that, didn't I? Fucking plagiarizing myself here. All right. Case of, oh, I, here's the dumbest shit I think I've ever said. My daughter goes, dad, dad, there's a, there's a, there's a fly in, you know, in here, right? Get the fly swatter. So I thought it was a big house fire. I go, close the bathroom door so it's, you know, it's locked in there. Now, now you can't sleep, right? So she leaves and I go in there and it's a fucking mosquito and I'm swinging at this thing because it won't land anywhere and I couldn't hit it. And I said out loud to nobody about a mosquito. I said, this fucking fly isn't human because I couldn't hit it. And then it was one of those things where you just say something really dumb like that out loud and then I was just kind of, I had to stop swinging the fly swatter and be like, well, yeah, it isn't human, Bill. It's a it's a fucking insect. Okay, let's just say you didn't know what humans look like. You 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 at least knew they couldn't fly, right? All right, case of the Monday in Gary, Indiana. Hey, Billy Burrito Balls, I liked your rant last Monday about people bitching for decades about how they loathe Mondays. I believe it was the Dalai Lama who once said, "Mondays are fine. It's your life that sucks." Jesus, did he have a couple of pops? I like that. Edgy, edgy Dalai Lama. Was that when he was a young, angry man? Realizing that he's going to spend his whole life fucking walking around in his big clothes? Uh, that aside, I was quite surprised to see Gary, Indiana in your 2024 tour dates. You're like the third person that's going, what the fuck are you going to Gary, Indiana for? Why wouldn't I go to Gary, Indiana? Why wouldn't I? Anyway, I had no idea they had a venue capable of hosting a big national headliner such as yourself. Oh, keep the compliments coming. I'm too big for Gary, Indiana. Wasn't it little Ronnie Howard who sang, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, that's the town. I fucking knew me when. From the music man, all right? <clears throat> anyway. Uh, I drove through there last year and had never been more uncomfortable and depressed in a city just seconds after exiting the interstate. It seemed like every other building had collapsed, had a collapsed roof and looked as though a catastrophic storm that should have made national news had torn through the town. Yeah, that was a... I know, and these politicians don't do a fucking thing about it. All they do is just they serve their fucking corporations and their international interests. They're all done with us here. If you haven't noticed, corporations are all done with us here. All they want is whatever money that we have left. Uh, old abandoned schools, churches, theaters, and so on. All great for photo ops, none of which I was comfortable to get out of my car for. Um, it's how I imagined what it must have been like to be in New Orleans shortly after Katrina. But nope, this has merely been... It was like Detroit... Still looks like in a lot of places, but thank God Detroit is coming back. Cleveland looked like that for a while. You know, they're all coming back. Buffalo's come, you know, come back. You know, all that whole Rust Belt thing, you know, it comes back and technology, and then they build these big glass towers for high-end apartment rentals and no one can afford it. Um, but nope. This has merely been a trait of a city in shambles and deterioration for decades. Its population has shrunk by 33% since 2000 and currently has a population of around 68,000 when its peak was 178,000 in 1960. Maybe you already know all of this, but it's 
It is all due to the decline of the steel industry and layoffs of workers after facing competition overseas. Now, let's, I liked how that's just facing competition overseas. No, what happened was, was the people running the steel companies did not want to pay people a, a, you know, a living wage. They wanted to take advantage of sweatshop labor. They wanted to go back to the Industrial Revolution when they had children working in factories. And that's what the fuck they've done. And they took away American jobs and then they and then they exploit people from other fucking countries, children and women and all of that stuff. And they just do it all around the fucking world. And they don't get, you know, they don't get taken to task for that. And we sit around talking about, hey, can you believe fat people are getting two seats on South, Southwest Airlines? That's the shit that they talk about. And then MSNBC does all these misdirections going like, well, you know, this fucking thing was actually from white supremacists and blah, blah, blah. And just all this scuttlebutt. <clears throat> Those three fucking networks, I'm telling you, all it's like you're listening to a bunch of old ladies in a fucking coffee shop. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, this person says, I know you are likely not going to be hanging out on the streets while you're there, but thought you might be interested in a few videos I found after my trip. And quite frankly, I probably wouldn't have felt as unsafe had I watched these beforehand. Kind of hard to get mugged or murder in a borderline ghost town. As my experience there replayed in my head, I kind of got obsessed with learning everything I could and found the following links to be highly informative. Um, eat a freckled shit and all the best. Well, Jesus Christ. All right, let me see what we got here. Um,